All right, ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, this is review of Season 5, Episode 2 of Paranormal Caught on Camera, entitled Philadelphia UFOs and More. Baffling lights stun onlookers, and a toddler encounters a duende. Whatever the hell that is. Alright, so if you had been listening to a few of these reviews before, I like to watch these episodes on the fly and give reactions as I'm watching them. Sort of give a prediction of what I think it really is and whether or not I believe it's uh, actually paranormal. And then I try and correlate it to some experience I've had because I've had a lot of paranormal experiences. Um, All the way back to being a child to working in paranormal facilities, to seeing things as an adult, going through an odd teenage years that, yeah, just all sorts of stuff. So I'll quit rambling. Let's just unpause this intro and give my reactions here. It's uh, starting with a guy that seems to have some sort of poltergeist activity. His door's opening... Uh, He's in his basement looking around, scanning, doesn't see anything. Oh, big dark figure in the back. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty creepy. All right, now we've got, it looks like a different guy getting stuff out of his fridge. Oh, and a creepy old dude walks by the kitchen window. If that's on the second floor, that's going to be nuts. All right, now we're in an attic. Looks like we got some movements with some antiques, some furniture falling down. Uh, Now a kid is in a drawer for some reason. Ooh, and a hand reaches out and grabs a kid. Oh, that's creepy. Actually looks like one of those Halloween bucket things. Um, More aliens, more door slamming. Yep, that's it. Let's get into it. All right, cool. I love this sort of thing. Uh, because they actually look like paranormal videos. There was a series of them that they had done that were just reactions to uh, Close Encounters, and that's not even close to what I'm interested in. Uh, And I'm not even talking about the third kind. I'm talking about, like, oh, they had a boating accident and they ran into a ship. All right, that's not exciting. Oh, man, they almost didn't make it out of a car that's sinking in water. Okay, I'm I'm here for the ghosts, people. So, first up, we're talking about a guy who visits New Orleans and apparently gets cursed, and now he's got activity in his house. Uh, I have a story, a, a very similar story to this. So, this case ID is called Voodoo, Voodoo's and Don'ts uh, from Aurora, Colorado. Now, they said this was about 2014, and I want to say that I was—I I think it was like 2012, 2013, and 14. There was a couple years in a row I had gone to visit uh, New Orleans. Whenever the Saints won the Super Bowl, I was there and then in New Orleans for the Saints parade. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong on those dates, but it is what it is. Now... This guy says he's gone into a voodoo shop and somebody touched his back. He was sort of hesitant about going into one of these shops and something happened after he got touched and he believes he got an attachment and brought it home and all this weird stuff happened. Um, I actually had the exact opposite experience going to New Orleans. Uh, I was there on sort of a vacation with the band. We had been playing in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and then had a long trek home, uh, hitting a few stops in between. And by in between, I mean like Arizona and Colorado before I headed back to Nevada. Um, but they tried to make a round trip of it. Anyway, we would vacation in New Orleans to sort of, you know, just take our mind off things, have some fun get us some trouble. Uh, love it. Every time I go to New Orleans, it's a fantastic city, great food, uh, wonderful people. If you can get actual locals and it's kind of like Vegas, uh, the locals are great. The tourists are shit. Uh, I just, the touristy part of any city is usually terrible. 
Uh, Vegas has gotten really bad, but that's a whole other episode right there. But uh, if you get on the outskirts and actually into Louisiana, away from uh, the you know Bourbon Street and the the whole thing of uh, Mardi Gras and New Orleans, it's actually a really awesome town. Really cool people. Uh, I, I love everything about the South. So back to the voodoo story. I went there one time. Uh, I believe it was actually my first time there, and I of course had to take a few ghost tours. Usually I think it's bunk. Um, they're just sort of, you know, even being a tour guide now, I even understand more where, uh, I know that they want you to push certain stories and they want you to tell it a certain way and they want you to creep people out, but in a safe way so that they don't feel threatened or they're not going to run screaming or, you know, sue you for possession or attachments, things like that. Um, so I understand it a little more now, but back then I just thought it was a bunch of hokey malarkey, uh, which is funny because it's actually almost exactly like Hatchet. If you've seen the horror movie Hatchet and they've got the Asian dude where he puts on an act and a fake accent and pretends to spookify absolutely everything even though it's just, you know, hearsay and urban legends and rumors and whatnot. And then, of course, they all get hacked to death by Kane Hodder, which is pretty awesome, but uh, love that series. Anywho... um, I had to try it, though. My first time in New Orleans, you just you have to go on these cemetery tours and get sort of the local lore, and even if it's dumb, it's just sort of tradition. So I did, and I was pretty knowledgeable about these things by that point in my life, and so I was interested to see what they'd say. And what sucked is almost everything that they would point out or that was part of the tour that was any of interest at all. And by the way, this was during the daytime too. So it sucked right off the bat and it was hot as fuck and humid as fuck. Um, anything they pointed out that was any, uh, you know, of any interest, you couldn't go in. They'd say, here's a mausoleum. This happened here, blah, blah, blah. This is what you see. And these are the, you know, the spirits you may encounter. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Kind of like the same shit they do at the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum. You get about three to four minutes in every single room. By the time the tour guide finishes their their spiel, they're like, okay, come on, move along. We got to get to the next room. We got a lot to cover. They always say that, and it's always bullshit. It's because they don't want you analyzing things. Uh, if you go to the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot, it's the same thing. Uh once you figure out that a lot of these things are just uh, visual anomalies and they're not paranormal, like it's just, uh, I, I can't think of the, the correct term for it, but it's its something like a, a, where you just, you think that it's something, but it's not. It's just, you know, your mind playing tricks on you. Um, so we get to one of these outdoor above ground uh, cemeteries and that is really cool to check out even during the daytime it's really fun because most places don't have that well it floods there they get hurricanes so if all that water goes underground well much like happened with Katrina uh, it washed all the bodies and unearthed all the coffins and you had to go around and reclaim your relatives and your uh you know, your past loved ones and everything. Uh, So we get to one of the crypts and the tour guides pointing things out, telling us who's famous there and who's done this and blah, 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 and on and on. Probably about as boring as me telling this damn story, but it does actually go somewhere. So uh, stick with us here. Um, This crypt had a bunch of X's on it a bunch of flowers and all sorts of different things. And they told the story of the voodoo priestess, uh, Marie Laveau. And if you know who that is, she's the voodoo queen in New Orleans. 
very uh, much a part of their history and they're very proud of her and they said that that was her crypt that we were uh, standing there next to. Well, I was interested in the story, but for some reason I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. And I'm uh, intuitive anyway. I, I don't like to use the word psychic, but I, I'm a, like a professional guesser is the best way I can describe it. If someone were to ask me a question, the first thing that pops to my mind is usually the right answer. And it could be anything usually from, uh, you know, from numbers to, uh, well, what do you think this is? Or what do you think that is? Or whatnot. You know, I can't pick your keynote numbers for you. And I can't, uh, you know, predict outcomes of voting. Nobody could have predicted that shit. But uh, I think... For one reason or another, I just wasn't compelled to stay in the group, and I started wandering off, and they called to me, and I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Uh, went around the corner, and I found a different above-ground crypt, and there wasn't anything on it. It was blank. There was no name. Uh, it was sort of weathered just as bad as anything else, so there wasn't really anything particularly interesting about it. But for some reason... This one was compelling. And for one reason or another, I reached into my pocket and I had some change. And I don't know why I did it, but I took out a penny and I flipped it at the uh, the crypt. And uh, it, it landed right on one of the steps or on the base where they have sort of the rim around the bottom. And, uh, <coughs> and that was it. I, I don't know why I did it. Uh, it's, you know, I wasn't making a wish. I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't saying anything. And I just thought, okay, well, it's for some reason, something you do. I think, you know, maybe I had heard something where they were talking about Marie Laveau at the the other crypt that had all the trinkets on there. And they say tourists usually leave trinkets for her. And maybe I felt bad for this one that didn't have any trinkets. I don't know. I, I couldn't figure it out. But, you know... It, in hindsight, I probably would have, for some reason, uh, thought maybe a guitar pick would have worked better or something personal. But now that I think about it, I'm glad I didn't. Um, but I left a penny. So the end of the tour, which I had already left, uh, ends up in the gift shop of a voodoo shop, of course, obviously as every ride at Disneyland does, and as every tour in any museum does, it ends in the gift shop. Uh, but I had gone there first, before anyone in the tour, so I was just a regular customer, and again, I went straight from the crypt and the graveyard right across the street to the uh, the voodoo shop. And this is the one at the very end of Bourbon Street, or Chartres Street. Uh, so if you've been there, that's kind of where it is, and I don't remember the name of it, but... Um, I go in there and I'm looking around, didn't really feel like I needed to buy anything. And I'm just kind of, you know, looking at things They're like, do you need any help? You looking for something particular? Nah, I'm just, I'm looking things. And, uh, some lady comes out of the back, <clears throat> walks up to me, sort of similar to what this guy's saying in this, uh, episode, uh, only he got touched. She didn't say anything to him. Uh, but to me, she said, the mom wants to see you or the madam or, or something like that. Uh, so, oh, weird. And as I'm talking about this story, now there's bugs crawling across the floor. Uh, hang on a sec. Let me grab that. Freya's been in and out and eating, so bug probably fell off her tail or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, she said, the mom wants to see you. Or whatever the very thick sort of Jamaican accent. And I would have thought, you know, they were putting on a show or something. And uh, could have been Madam Mum, whatever. Madam Mum wants to see you to come with me. I can't even do the accent. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean. So uh, I follow her. I go through the back. And beyond the beaded curtain uh, is the actual voodoo stuff. Not this trendy bullshit they had in the gift shop up front. 
it was the actual stuff. You saw lots of jars of sand with uh, gator feet and chicken feet in it. You saw entire collections of stuff that was actually used in rituals. Uh, chickens are running around loose in the back. Uh, Florida to Louisiana to Texas just has lizards and geckos and shit absolutely everywhere. And it was like stepping into a whole nother world. Uh, but I go to the back area and there's some lady at an altar all dolled up. You could tell she's the, uh, the voodoo uh, priestess that's part of this shop. And she kind of waves through the incense to, for me to come closer. And I do. And, uh, she says, uh, she says, thank you. And I said, who? And she said, oh, the mom says, thank you. And I'm like, okay, uh, what does that mean? And she said, you're not, something to the effect of, I'm, uh, I'm not deterred by uh, flashy things and uh, putting on a show. Uh, long story short, basically, she said that I found the real tomb of Marie Laveau that the one that all the X's are on and all the trinkets are at is sort of just a, uh, a for show sort of thing. And the real one is actually the unmarked one that's around the corner. And she said, uh, a penny used to be a, a very powerful trinket in the, uh, voodoo culture and I forget the reason behind it. I, it could have been something to do with slavery and money and, or that it was copper. I, I'm not sure. But uh, she said that she says thank you, sort of insinuating that Marie Laveau herself was happy that I had left her a trinket. And I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm like, you know what? This is cool experience and... Uh, just part of the tour. Maybe they got cameras out there so that they can freak the tourists out later and try and do some carnival, uh, you know, psychic shit or mind game, whatnot. But for some reason, I, I felt that this was legit and that she was uh, genuine. And I felt very much at ease being in that sort of altar room. Uh, and... It's it's a very interesting room. Skulls everywhere. Money is left in uh, different orifices of the skulls uh, as sort of a tribute and a token. Uh, I, I assume a lot of other people get to go back there if you want a reading or something like that. Uh, but I was beckoned there by myself. And she said, uh, as her way of saying thank you, she wants to bestow a blessing on you if you will allow. <clears throat> and I'm open to these things, uh, and I'm always interested in what may or may not happen because of this. So uh, I let her do it. I, I held my arms out to the side, sort of like I was getting scanned at an airport. She chanted some things and uh, ran a uh, incense or uh, some sage or some burning plant type thing that was smoking. Uh, she ran around the, the outline of my body as I stood there. <clears throat> and um, she said, that's it. Thank you. And I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. So I like, I pulled out 10 bucks and rolled it and put it in the skull because I figured that's what you're supposed to do. And she just kind of laughed. She's, you know, I guess I didn't have to do that. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a very interesting experience. Now, but from that, um, I I never had anything paranormal happen. In fact, I almost felt welcomed and that New Orleans was my town. Uh, I have so many stories that could go on the entire episode uh, and multiple episodes of cool things that have happened at New Orleans. But, you know, I'll bring those things up as they, you know, remind me of stuff as I, I talk about other things. Um, it was just a fun experience. Nothing bad happened because of it. And I wasn't worried. I never had bad dreams or felt that I had any bad attachments. Now, I have before and since then gone into metaphysical shops. And they've asked me to leave because they say that I have some very dark attachment and some, uh, you know, deep-seated darkness 
within me, uh, which I believe, you know, there was an experience uh, when I was a, a teenager that made me believe that that was true, you know. I believe, I, I think I mentioned that that was sort of the Rumpelstiltskin, they're coming for your first child sort of dream that me and my dog had actually, I saw, I woke up out of a dead sleep and thought it was just me, but it, my dog saw it too, and my mom had to knock me to the ground to get me out of this sort of trance because I was stomping and seemingly floating off the, uh, in the air, I was stomping so hard, uh, However that works, I, I don't know. Any, anyway, that's you know, a story for another time. There's, there's lots of those. I've said that a lot, but it's true. There's many, many a story I could tell. Um, so now let's get back to this episode. <clears throat> this guy seems to have the exact opposite reaction than what I got. Uh, and I think because he let his fear uh, overtake him. It, it, me, it was a little different because... Um, I'm not afraid of these things. I've seen ghosts and had paranormal experiences since I was a toddler, and I remember them. So it just, it doesn't freak me out. So this guy's got his camera, and he's going around the house. Uh, you know, like water's turning on in the bathroom, and the shower curtain moves. Well, shower curtains generally do move when the water is on, because uh, it causes a pressure, but this is actually sliding on the rack. I mean, it gives me goosebumps watching this stuff <clears throat> and watching him describe it because he's still terrified. Body language is very important when people uh, tell a story. If they're sort of nonchalant and, you know, or want to get excited about things or, uh, you know, you, you could tell their intentions behind it. And this guy's rubbing his arms and he's sort of wringing his hands while he's talking. And that shows that he's, he's afraid of, of what this is. And, you know, so the shower curtain slides back. Uh, definitely don't think he would have rigged some sort of fishing line for that. And then the door shuts and then he touches the door and swings it back open, uh, enough to where if there was somebody behind the door, it would have hit him. Uh, and now he's walking out towards the hallway where there's a door to the basement and his dog is freaking out and barking at the door like somebody's down there. So he goes down in this huge basement, pans around, looks around because he's hearing like, I guess, children's laughter. And when he pans back, there's a darkened figure up against the wall. Now, of course, if you're familiar with this show, they're, they're going to rewind it like 20 times and talk about it and ask the es experts what they think it is. Uh, but you see just sort of this stoops down, uh, sloped shoulders, completely blacked out figure standing where there was nothing before. Man, this is pretty bad, actually. Uh, this is one of those things, I, I mean, I've got severe goosebumps, and it's not just because the air conditioning is uh, really bad. God, things are even creaking and moving in the house now. I don't usually get freaked out, but I think because I've been in these similar situations, uh, I know what could have happened. Um, he's looking down in the basement, and he sees a dark figure in the corner, and then he does another time where he looks doesn't go down there just looks there and it's standing at the bottom of the stairs waiting so in the first little clip i had to rewind it and go back and i'm watching this again uh in the, the first little clip you just see like the slope shoulder darkness standing up against the wall but apparently that's not the only time he sees this thing uh so now he's sort of panning around and it's genuine fear that sky has when he sees this darkness uh, I mean, and he's a tattooed big dude and, you know, doesn't look like he's scared of much. And you, you hear his voice just, you know, he, he bolts and he's, he's genuinely scared and he's panning around. Now he's, he hears something in the hallway and then again, God, that's creepy. You see like very slowly, this thing pokes its head around the corner and it's solid black, not just a shadow or somebody in the darkness, but it's solid black. Um, and then again, he goes down into the basement and you see something about five, six. So maybe a woman's, uh, height and wearing a, a robe and a shawl. Now you get to see it from the side. It's hiding behind a water heater 
and it strolls behind the water heater and you can see very clearly the outline of this thing and it's not good so one of the experts mentioned and and i do believe this to be true that if you hear feminine or children's laughter it's supposed to be something like a, a luring effect for a demon or a dark entity to bring you closer to where it wants you to be uh because you know if it's a a child it's supposed to be calming or if it's a woman you're not threatened by that uh even though you 100% should be because those are the worst ones uh if there were any entities besides aliens honestly that i i would be wary of or afraid of it's going to be women and children uh because those are some of the most evil things and uh not just in real life but in the paranormal world and um just small ghosts creep me out small things creep me out you could that's why bigfoot doesn't scare me and he's my least favorite cryptid this is a seven foot tall thing that okay it's obvious what it is and you can run from it or probably fight it I don't know that I want to fight something that's three feet tall asking for a glass of water at the end of my bed like a real kid would or something that sounds like a kid that's actually a demon trying to lure you into something. No. And now he's going into his kitchen and finding drawers open and knives being tossed out of the drawer. I mean, he's he got something. There's something wrong here. God, it just doesn't get any better for this dude. Uh, He's panning around the kitchen trying to find what's making this noise or if it's this dark shadow entity again. And he's still got the camera rolling as he sits down on his couch and his TV's not on. And you can see in the reflection him in the couch, but then also this looming entity behind him, watching him. Uh... Yeah, there there are things that you need to watch out for if you ever do go to New Orleans. But if you go in with a, a, a clean conscience and good intention, I have no reason to believe that there's things that will maliciously attack you for no reason. I think you have to have something in your past that would attract these things to you. And, you know, I'm not being stereotypical or uh, trying to stereotype stereotype the guy, but it does look like he's of Spanish descent. And you got to wonder if maybe uh, his his mother or a sister or a family member or an aunt was a uh, bruja, uh, a witch, or maybe they uh, practice Santeria and Santeria and voodoo don't mix. Uh, there's got to be some reason why this guy's being haunted this bad. All right, this section is called uh, Window to the Soul, obviously, because the soul went by the window. So the best way to describe this one, honestly, is if you've seen the movie Signs from uh, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong or whatever his name is. Uh, And remember the kid's birthday party? where everybody's just outdoors having a good time, whatnot, and then all of a sudden this alien just walks by the window, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically exactly what's happening. And they, they're asking the question, you know, if somebody you know passed on, would you want them to come back and visit you? And would you not only be accepting of that, but would you not be scared? Uh, and a lot of people are, are uh, afraid of those things. Um, the night my grandma passed, she came to me and said goodbye, um, and that it was okay. My mom, when her dad died, uh, she knew right away and he came and visited her that night, sat on the bed and told her the same sort of story that everything was okay. Um, there's been a lot of Instances, I'm sure you probably have family members that visit you or have had friends that will tell you stories like that. Uh, and whether it's our own subconscious making up these stories or not is still, you know, up in the air, hotly debated. But if it comforts people, I don't see what's 
wrong in allowing them to believe those things. So, uh, yeah, let's see what they say about this one. Uh, the video is... doesn't really seem like it could be faked uh, unless an actual physical person is walking by that window. Uh, it does seem to be somewhat transparent. It could be real, uh, but let's see the intention behind it. So this actually is pretty believable, and I, I called it. I'm psychic. Ooh, no. Uh, by the way, watch that guy in the right lane. Ha, huh, if I just caught you there, that, that'd be kind of hilarious. Let me know if I would actually did predict something there. Hopefully uh, everything's okay. Uh, I was just joking, though. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, um, it was the second floor, and it was an alcove window in the kitchen that's actually going to like a laundry room or a little hallway that only goes to a bathroom or the balcony. It's a very small flat in Brazil, very old building. So all you see is this very clear person walking by there and the guy freaks out and is scared and within a few seconds when he regains his composure, walks up without cutting camera angles uh, and goes right up to where this was and there's nowhere for whoever it was to go. Not only that, during the daytime, he shows the next day that it's the second floor. He's like, I live here, this is where my friend lives, and that's the bathroom window. We would have seen this guy walk by if this was uh, an actual person. He said, there's no way, there's not even a ledge if somebody were to do that. And one of the experts had hit it right on the head. He said that uh, what this seems like is a residual haunting. Uh, it could have been the energy of the birthday party that they were trying to film. Uh, it could have been something, I don't know, because they said they, they smell a lot of cigar smoke, and that's something he smelled like a lot since he smoked on the patio which gave me the indication that, it, yes, this seems like a residual haunting. So it's probably just his spirit coming back from the patio after smoking to go into the bathroom, maybe wash his hands. Uh, it's just something that, uh, it's like a VCR playing. You, you just, it, it comes back and it, it plays things over and over again, whether or not that physical spirit is there or not. Um, so a lot of those things could happen. Didn't seem like anything to be afraid of. Seems genuine, and the footage was captured on a uh, camera, not a cell phone. So this would have been about 10, 12 years ago uh, when people actually had to still have SD cards in a camera. Uh, I believe it. I, I, so far, we're, we're two for two on, on the real factor. Now we're into a another... Poltergeist situation, apparently, and this one is about a ghost hunter, so I'm less inclined to believe this one, especially since this preview image now is a picture of a woman in a school uniform. You know, I hate these, these documentaries that do this stuff where they show you clips and they're like... Uh, generic shutterstock just so that you know you have footage even though you don't actually capture the footage you could just have these uh background images or whatever and they they talk over uh stock or image stock images it's it's not not uh not the best way to do a documentary in my opinion so um this is the one where the clock was falling down and things are moving in this abandoned house. I, pff, who knows? I'm going to watch this one and catch the story behind this and see what's up. So this one is somewhat believable, uh, but mostly explainable. Uh, turns out that it wasn't a ghost hunter. That was the, uh, the preview for the, the following one. Uh, so this shows an old man with a camera, thinks he hears kids at an abandoned uh, farmhouse on his property, and he goes in to set up the camera, 
leave it for an hour and it seems like the way they're talking about it like it was an old camcorder so those things only ran on sp for an hour or ex or whatever it was ep or something like that you got to film for six hours or you know record your six hours of movies off hbo or the unscrambled channels however your black box did it and uh we captured a rocking chair movie which just kind of like i mean there's shit everywhere in this abandoned property uh it kind of looked like it was a storehouse and they just took everything that was in the regular house and threw it in the this place so it could have settled could have been rats raccoons cats some kind of animal in there moving stuff it does look like it gets dragged down off of a shelf uh and then after they watched the video they went back to go see what state the rocking chair or this wicker chair was in and it had put itself back up uh on on the shelf that it was resting on um which is creepy but they didn't of course capture any footage of that and then the other thing they had is they went back sort of during the daytime to check it out and uh this clock grandfather clock starts to wiggle around inch towards him and then falls you know i don't know they make it seem like it was trying to attack him but i doubt a ghost is that powerful to fling a grandfather clock at somebody and if there was somebody in there i didn't see it that's probably a little too big for an animal to throw and you would have heard some skittering or something i don't know what's making these things move um just kind of doesn't make sense and um he said he was haunted he got scratched from it afterwards in his regular house but there's no evidence of that he's not showing that i i don't know it's one of those things that probably could be explained just by some form of uh settling or movement or i i don't know but uh i i suppose it's believable not particularly interesting um the next one now i guess is the russian ghost hunter that's in a house where things are moving and doors are slamming and locking them inside so that clip they showed where i was complaining about the the girl standing in the hallway that was that had nothing to do with it it was just one of the creepy things that they put on their uh, shutterstock footage just to get you in the mood for something creepy that's about to happen because all that moved in his video was the rocking chair and the grandfather clock uh Funny quick story as they're going through a commercial right now. I thought I finally found something at a thrift store. It was a ventriloquist dummy that was in sort of like a shower bag, a clear shower curtain bag or something like that. And uh, I took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. And I was like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not buying this. It had like terrible eyes. I got a thing with puppets and eyes. I don't like them. And... Uh, I just said, yeah, there's no way in fuck I'm buying this. And everyone's like, oh, no, but that's Slappy from Goosebumps. I'm like, oh, so it's just a toy. I thought it was something legit, like this was something old. I, w- I would have bought it if it would have been cheaper, but it was 40 bucks. And for something at Goodwill, yeah, no, I'm not spending 40 bucks. So I just happened to go when it was cheaper on Monday on the 50% off day and dude literally walked in three steps in front of me we both went for the same thing and tried to buy it at the same time and they gave it to him Uh, i was going to buy it for someone else but i didn't want it for me Um, so let's see what's happening in this cursed house in russia well that's pretty neat usually when i see ghost hunter videos or amateur ghost hunters uh they're just wannabe influencers that are trying to do things to get your attention and uh, get them notoriety on social media. Uh, This is a a Russian guy who's generally interested in in spirits and in learning about the uh, other world of the paranormal. And so he sets up in this uh, abandoned house that's supposedly cursed. And he tries to make contact with the entities that are there and Uh, He's not getting anything, so he sets up cameras, laser grids, cameras, uh, like uh, Polaroid cameras as well, and decides to go to bed because he's going to spend the night there. And then gets woken up because something pushes a button on his 
Polaroid and takes a picture. And they didn't say or show what the picture was, but you clearly see the flash go off for no reason and a picture being taken. Um, I don't know if it was rigged somehow on a timer that it, that it could do that because it looked like a modern Polaroid. Uh, I had heard for some reason on the old Polaroids that it was easier to pick up a ghost. Something having to do with like the, the reaction of the film or the, the magnetism that makes the picture. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Polaroid cameras. But what's compelling is as he gets woken up from the Polaroid snapshot, it seems now things are, uh, you know, shit's hitting the fan. And so he's walking up towards a door handle or walking into the next room and you see a door handle move on its own. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So obviously someone on the other side of the door. Well, this dude's actually smart. And he put a laser grid on the back side of the door and you see a shadow move through the laser grid, reach up to the handle, and it doesn't move on the side that it, of that camera's filming, but the other camera on the other side of the door shows the door handle moving. So that's, uh, that's a little more riveting, you know, uh, than just a shaky doorknob, you know, which I thought actually that was another thing that happened at the, the, uh, haunted museum, uh, right outside the Dybbuk box. I was in the hallway while the tour guide was explaining Peggy and the door handle kept jiggling next to me. And I opened it real quick trying to, I thought they were just playing a trick on me to see if they could scare the new guy. And I opened it real quick and there was nobody there. And I, I, I 100% know the Dybbuk box is full of shit, but I do believe the Haunted Museum is haunted by a little boy spirit or a child spirit that doesn't understand what's going on because your shirt will get tugged, door handles will jiggle, and you'll hear like giggling and kind of running around and stuff. Uh, it's it's a child entity that's there that probably doesn't understand what all this you know, bullshit's doing in his house. Man, that's actually some really cool footage. If this is faked, uh, it it definitely is done well. Um, he goes to check on the door that's jiggling, opens it up. There's nobody on the other side. Both cameras capture it from inside and outside of that door. And it's in sort of a room that goes back to the bedroom where he was sleeping. And as soon as he goes back to where the bed is, the door slams behind him and forcibly slams too, not just slowly creaks and shuts like it slams and locks and he can't get out so he um, bolts out and jumps out the window and now he's gone back a week later and he's doing the same thing and he's uh, setting up the cameras and he's got like a candle or a light or something that he's standing in front of narrating and talking and asking questions and he's got a chest cam on as well and as he walks away, the shadow or his shadow that was behind him doesn't move. He walks away and the shadow doesn't go with him. So it's like that shadow was never his to begin with. That's pretty creepy. Um, yeah, I don't know what that could have been. And I don't know that that could have been After Effects or something like that. He's filming a real haunted house here. Uh, and again, it's Russia. You know, you don't know what's happened there. Maybe somebody did commit suicide there. I mean, they're showing like a, a noose hanging from the ceiling. Some really interesting footage. But he's being very scientific about how he captures things and what he... Uh, uh, does to sort of prove what he's seeing. Wow, yeah, okay, I'm starting to think maybe, I don't want to say necessarily that this is faked, but it does seem like we're being told some sort of story. Um, there was a chair underneath where the noose was, and he walks up to it and notices there's a curtain, uh, I guess, separating rooms, and as he walks into the curtain, like, you know how a child would hide behind curtains and expect you not to notice that they're there, but you do notice they're there? You can see a fully formed physical person standing behind the curtain. 
and then it moves away really quick, uh, which is really creepy. And then he runs up and swooshes it aside, and there's nobody behind the curtain. And then when he walks away, turns around, investigates something else, the chair moves and falls over like it was kicked over, and now the noose is swinging. So it's like, if it is real, it wants to tell you how this happened and why it committed suicide and why these things are, are happening. I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't know if we are going to find out, but uh, I'm going to watch this last segment and see where we're at. Uh, okay, so that's it. Apparently it was a cursed house because a witch lived there and maybe she had invited some spirits into the house that she wasn't prepared to handle and ended up committing suicide there. And now she's there trying to tell her story. Uh, So I don't know where this information came from or how we found this out, but that was the end of that segment. So now it seems more like just a story, but... It definitely is creepy, and there was something physical in those shots, but really fun and cinematic when you see the dude walk away and the shadow is still looming up above. Uh, that's kind of unexpected, but it's it's very, you know, cinematic. It's it's like a movie that they're playing. So, um, it it's it's almost too fantastic to believe it. So I, I'm on the fence. I I would probably more likely say it's it's not real uh but you could certainly be the judge of that and so now we're going to look at uh ufo footage apparently um and this is something i'm always highly skeptical of because i love military aviation and nine times out of ten that's what it is and I'm actually experiencing that right now. Uh, I, I keep pausing and running out because there's a red flag going on here in uh, Vegas, training at Nellis. So uh, B-52s are here. We get a few surprise guests every now and then. We've got uh, a zombie raptor. Uh, it's an F-22 that they've taken the special paint off of and just have metallic panels on there. So it actually looks almost exactly like Starscream from Transformers where it had sort of the, the black outline jagged look uh, on these mirror chrome panels. And then they've just done an F-35 that's that's similar. So imagine not understanding what these things are and somebody sees what it is. They're going to think, oh my God, it's a UFO. So... I'm going to watch this segment and uh, give you my best take on this. I, already with the still shot from it, not very convinced. So my best guess as to what he is seeing is planets. At first I was thinking Starlink because if you watch these bright lights, they don't move, they don't blink, they don't sort of twinkle like stars do. They're just very solid, very bright. Uh, looks like a star, but it's not. It's a planet in the sky, uh, and and they don't move. But then when they get to a certain point in the sky, if you've watched them long enough, then they disappear. And I've seen that. Uh, in fact, I even freaked myself out the other morning, took some video. I was like, oh, my God, there's something hovering above Nellis. What the hell is that? And it was this bright uh, yellow, orangey uh, light. And then another one appeared right behind it. So I did the smart thing and I Googled uh, bright light in uh, southeast sky. And they said it was a one, you know, it's always the same thing. It's like a one in a 100 year. Uh, celestial events where uh, Jupiter and Mars are going to, they call it the Jupiter's kiss or something where Jupiter and Mars touch. And I just happened to be there right at, you know, sunrise where I got to see these things. And then it was just a, a, you know, sort of a, a trick of the eye, the way it was done. And if you watch something long enough, I mean, I've seen planets. Venus, I think, is one that's almost always visible and is very bright in the sky. 
I've sat out and back and watched it, and it looks like it's moving. And it is, but it's moving with the rotation of the Earth. So we're moving. It's not moving. And it goes from one end of the sky to the other, and then it gets at a certain angle. Uh, it looks like it dims and goes out because it's just not in our view, and we're rotating away from it. That's my best guess as to what this guy's seeing because it's three two lights that turn into three and then they just stay in one spot and it's yeah and it's not an alien uh, i wish it was but it's not so now uh we're getting to the creepiest thing i've seen and i don't know how else to explain it so when you watch it, it's a child that's playing in a cupboard. And when uh, the caretaker or parent or whoever it is opens the cupboard and films it, you see this child on one of the shelves uh, putting her hand in, in a bowl. And then another hand reaches out from the back corner, a ghostly gray alien looking hand, and tries to quickly grab at her hand. Now... I've seen that at Halloween time. There's a a bowl that you can put out with candy in it that as soon as you reach for a piece of candy, this tiny little gray hand snaps down really fast and tries to touch you. Uh, That's my best guess as to what it is, unless there's a sibling inside there. But I think this is the one that they're calling a duende. And I don't know what a duende is, but uh, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to find out. Oh, that's hilarious. You know how I I said that they were always using stock footage? Uh, one of the actresses in the stock footage that they're using is the girl that's in that meme all the time where she's holding hands with her boyfriend and the boyfriend's turning around looking at the girl that's walking behind them and she's giving that dirty look. It's the same chick and she's doing the same dirty look uh, as she's trying to look at her phone pretending to discover what this video is that she's just looking at. So a duende is apparently a house-dwelling small creature uh, that is sort of like a Tommyknocker, if you know what that is. Uh, A little goblin or a little tiny creature that lives in your walls or in your cupboards, and it's known to cause uh, mass mischief, uh, especially when children are concerned and it likes to play with children. So it'll hide in cupboards and uh, under sinks and in the walls and things like that or in a children's bedroom. Uh, apparently when they moved in, it's this is in like Guadalajara, Mexico or something, and they moved into this house and their uh, daughter, this toddler, is obsessed with this cupboard. So she keeps going in there and she's playing in the cupboard. And so they decided, you know, this is funny, let's film it and show our family and they filmed it and posted social media and that's when everyone else is like oh and then the meme girl pops up and the reenactment uh, what did i just watch when they see this hand reach out and try and touch the kid yeah i wish they would have gone into more detail on this uh so it's not the halloween candy dish it's apparently an elf-like golem-type creature that's common in Mexico uh, called a duende that will try and lure children into the forest, I guess, and sometimes play with them when they sleep trying to clip a toenail, uh, but sometimes they take more and they'll just take the entire toe. Uh, it's funny, you know, how these things come up. and I mean, our Grimm's fairy tales are very morbid, Uh, So each culture has their own sort of morbid fairy tale children type stories that aren't meant for children at all. I don't even know why. I mean, you know, adults read the Bible and that's the adult fairy tale of Grimm's fairy tale. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It's hard to believe this one because they didn't catch it as it happened. They noticed it only after the fact. And they were so scared after they saw it, they called a priest, which I don't know why you would call a priest to bless a house if it's not a spirit. I mean, this is a physical thing. You saw a little tiny hand 
smaller than the toddler's hand, no less, uh, bluish, grayish, whitish sort of color, very small, and it reaches out real quick to where the toddler's hand is, and almost looks like it tries to pinch its finger and thumb together really quick to try and maybe grab the toddler's fingers or something. Um, the scary thought is that's a physical thing that's there. And if she's in that dark space, in that closet, that means there's something there in there and she's head to head, shoulder to shoulder with this thing in a very tight, confined space. And also something to consider is where did it go afterwards and how did it get in there in the first place? So I would have liked to have seen a video after she gets out of the cupboard and investigate further. I mean, obviously this is after the fact that it happened, but why, if you're going to submit this to a TV show, why wouldn't you take a picture of the inside of the cabinet to show how nothing could have been in there? But we're just seeing this repeated five-second clip. So that's what makes me believe that it's not as believable as it could be, and maybe it's really just a the little brother is in there or something. I don't know. Uh, terrifying to think that it would be sort of a two-foot-tall creature that hides in your cupboard and plays with your kids. But um, And as far as the thing that went with the UFO, another thought I had, uh, if you were to believe something like that, they always think that, oh, man, look at this. It's three of these things. What if it's not? What if it's three lights on one big thing? I mean, that's kind of terrifying to think about. I, I'm holding to my planet theory, but a lot of times uh, when the stealth bomber was conceptualized, a lot of people were saying they saw a triangle of lights, three of them, sometimes five of them, flying in the sky in perfect tandem with each other they were assuming it was five separate objects and it wasn't. It was the wingtip lights and then the three uh, landing landing gear lights. So when you're scared or you're not thinking properly, you don't tend to think of what these things really are. Uh, I, I like to have fantastic thoughts about this and wish for uh, more than what it really is. But um, yeah, overall though, now it's... It, I. I, I, it was a good episode. I'm pleased with it. Uh, again, this is Paranormal Caught on Camera. I'm watching it on Discovery Plus, and it is Season 5, Episode 2. Um, and if you did listen to my last one, uh, my last review of that, uh, there was a preview for the next one where it showed sort of the chick from the ring of the grudge floating in the air towards the ceiling and then phasing through the ceiling very fast and I was like oh fuck no there's no way that can't be real it was an abandoned amusement park and the entire episode was boring including that part uh, it was in Indonesia and then right in the middle of this thing the guy starts saying Allah Akbar and I'm like I didn't know that's who they worshipped in Indonesia, so that was kind of weird. Just seemed like a lot of weird things uh, in regards to that episode. So I, I would think that one was probably faked, probably some Adobe After Effects or some sort of uh, post-production whatnot. But that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye on things. And if you have a paranormal experience... Uh, maybe message me and uh, we could talk about it. Maybe I could have a guest on here. I'll try and figure out how to do that and uh, we can go from there. We'll still have episodes of Howling with the Wolf in between these, but as we get closer to Halloween, I like to study more and, and open my mind to paranormal things so that I uh, may encounter something and be open and perceptive with these things as opposed to just being surprised by it. Uh, in fact, I just had an instance, too, where I've mentioned before in my sleep state, either in falling asleep or waking up, I will see the little yarn balls, the little scrambles, like in Calvin and Hobbes where he's disgruntled and 
they can't show him cursing, but they'll draw this squiggly line above his head to show that he's disgruntled. I'll see those things, and it's not the bacteria in my eye. I'll see floating things in the air, and I always try and reach out and touch it. Well, I had a nap today, and was it's always when I'm laying on my back, never when I'm laying face down. Uh, whenever I lay on my back, I'm almost guaranteed to see one or things or people looking at me or something every time. Uh, and this was sort of a... Oh, almost like a, a a dandelion or what what do they call those? Uh, I think it's a dandelion where they, they puff out and you can blow them and they all float away. It was like one of those floating in the air. Uh, and I reached up to touch it and it disappeared. And then I woke up. Uh, and then on my security cam footage, you see me waking up, slowly raising a finger to point at something in the sky and then kind of like booping it and then... I wake up and grab my phone and go about my business, you know. So it's funny when you open yourself up to these things, they can uh, appear more often, but also you could freak yourself out to where I'm talking about New Orleans and I notice a bug and I'm thinking, oh God, I'm bringing back the voodoo queens infestations and I'm hearing things creak and whatnot. Well, it's creaking because it's cold and the air conditioner is cooling down a house that was 117 degrees today. So, got to keep in mind some rationality as well. All right, so stay safe and sane, and we'll see you on the next one.